the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now. It's eight minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. It is the 20th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. I told you we had a ton of information. It's one of those days I wish I had a five-hour show instead of just these two hours because uh, we're kind of uh, like a we're just kind of flitting around from here to there to get all of this stuff in. I want to go to Columbus now, but not to talk about the crime that I talked about in hour number one and the 150th homicide in the city of Columbus in uh, the uh, 2021 calendar year, which puts them a full two months ahead of schedule for that many homicides. They're about to smash their record, all because they have such a horrific mayor who is uh, uh, completely uh, handcuffing his police officers. Now we're going to go to Columbus for a different reason, because we're going to go to the State Board of Education tomorrow, and we're going to rise up against critical race theory. They're finally taking this up again uh, at the Ohio Board tomorrow. It's going to be... Pretty much a day-long event, essentially. Uh, they are going to protest resolution number 20, which is the onset of critical race theory in Ohio. We've been talking about that since last summer when that passed. Uh, and they're going to probably, hopefully, promote um, House Bill 327, which uh, is something that would ban critical race theory and all of its components in Ohio schools. Joining us now to discuss that is Michael Connaughton. Michael is a precinct executive in Cincinnati. and Michael, it's good to have you on the program. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great, Bob. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure, especially to promote something as important as this. You know, we were talking on Friday's program about how sometimes you can see the effect 
of grassroots organization and grassroots protesting. And we found that, you know, in the resignation of, uh, of, uh, uh, Anthony Gonzalez, who is the congressman from, well, he didn't resign. He's not running for reelection. And it's all because of the enormous pushback and blowback that he got from the citizens of the state of Ohio, um, over his vote to impeach President Trump after, uh, or back on January 13th. So it kind of shows how if people are motivated enough and they're loud enough and they're vocal enough, they can make change happen. And I bring that up, of course, to talk about what's going on tomorrow. We need to be loud, we need to be numerous, and we need to make change happen here as it pertains to Resolution 20 uh, and the uh, teaching of critical race theory in Ohio schools. So, Michael, I'm going to ask you... I'm going to ask you to talk about, first of all, maybe give us a refresher on what Resolution 20 is and says, then talk about what we need to do tomorrow. Okay, well, Resolution 20 was taken up by and voted for in July of 2020 by the Ohio State School Board, and basically it's just giving the school districts the directive to teach critical race theory in their schools. Now, they're all going to say, no, oh, no, we're not teaching critical race theory, but they are. They, they use code words to do it, too, like diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, white privilege, systemic racism, white supremacy, social justice, implicit bias and culturally relevant instruction. So, Bob, they're all doing it. They're in lockstep. I've, in your friend and mine, Dan Reganold, down here in the Cincinnati area, we've been to seven school board meetings. And in every one of them, they're not just pushing the mask mandates, but they're pushing critical race theory or some aspect of it. So they're all in lockstep, and it's because of the Ohio Board of Education giving them a directive to do so. Well, let's let's uh, follow up on that. Not only did the Board of Education give them a directive to do so, Laura Kohler, the board president, if I'm not mistaken, has essentially banned public commentary uh, on on uh, critical race theory and on the 1619 Project, which, of course, we all know is the New York Times Magazine's work of fiction, uh, trying to declare that this country was actually founded in 1619, the first uh, when the first uh, uh, African slaves arrived here in the colonies, um, you know, that's, that's, that's incredible to me that she has the authority, but apparently she does, to say, nope, no public commentary, only written testimony will be accepted on those two subjects. Yeah, what are they afraid of, right? She has basically refused to hear public comments on race at all at their board meeting. So she's basically just shut it down. And that's really another aspect of your initial question to me as to why we're doing this. So we're going to meet tomorrow at 8 a.m. at 25 South Front Street in Columbus at the Ohio Board of Education. And we've got some fabulous speakers lined up, Bob. Tell me about them. Uh, We've got uh, Isaac Adi. He's a personal friend of mine. He's originally from Nigeria. He's running for the Lakota School Board, and he's doing it to give back because he loves his new country. 
We've got Sarah Fowler-Arthur. She's the state rep and the co-author of HB 327, which you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. She was also homeschooled, and she was on the Board of Education before. Andrew Brenner is uh, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee. He's a current Ohio senator. C.L. Bryant, uh, your listeners might know him from his movie Runaway Slave. He's a former two-term president of the NAACP. So he's a former lib. He's seen the light. We've got Ruth Edmonds. She's the director of Christian Engagement at uh, CCV. Uh, she's a, uh, an authority on critical race theory, and she's also uh, an ordained minister like C.L. Bryant. So we've got uh, Jennifer Gross. She's uh, a house rep, the 57th, uh, 52nd District. She's an Air Force veteran. She also authored HB 248, which is the Ohio Freedom um, Medical Freedom Bill that we're trying to get passed as well. And Kirsten Hill is also another... Um, well, she's a she's a state board of education, right. along with Jenny Kilgore. Both of those uh, ladies are on our Ohio State School Board, and they're on our side. And then in addition to them, we've got a 16-year-old whiz kid named Haddon Lockyer, who founded Informed Youth of America. Josh Mandel is going to be there. He's uh, our... Senate candidate for Ohio, uh, former treasurer. He did the Ohio checkbook. He's a financial wizard and uh, a great guy. And also Mark Pukita, who's also running for Senate, uh, is going to be there as, as well. He's uh, an entrepreneur, and he's looking to give back. So we've got a great slate of speakers. And, um, heck, if you can make it down, Bob, we'd love to have you say a few words. Oh, I'll tell you what, if I wasn't on the air from 9 to 11, it's something I would seriously consider. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I want to go back. The very first person you named, you said he is a Nigerian immigrant to this country, correct? Yeah, he's a, a personal friend of mine. I know him quite well because uh, he and I were out together on the Trump trail in 2020. And he knocked on about 10,000 doors. Uh, the guy is tireless. Um, he's got a great story to tell. Well, and, here, here's uh, the reason I asked he, about him particularly. We're, we're talking to Michael Connaughton uh, about tomorrow's big protest at the Ohio State Board of Education. Now, you said he's Nigerian, so that makes him an African. Is he a citizen now, I assume, African-American? Yes, he became a citizen in 2008. Okay, that's what I was about to ask you. When did that happen? And I was going to say, um, wh wh why did he want to come to such an incredibly systemically racist country like this one? Doesn't he know that it's bad for brown people and black people to come to the United States? It's terrible here for people of color. Apparently he didn't get that message. He did not get that message, and he knows better. Um, basically, critical race theory to a black or a brown person is insulting. It's degrading, it's condescending, and it's basically saying to a, a black or a brown student or their parents or grandparents or guardians that, uh, oh, hey, we don't really think you measure up to your white counterparts, so we've got to give you some kind of a boost. Well, my And it's not even, not, if I may... 
Michael, if I may, what, what makes critical race theory so dangerous is not only does it insult brown and black people in the way you just said by saying you need a boost because you can't handle things yourself. The boost comes by knocking down the white race. It's not just giving somebody a hand up. It coincides critical race theory mandates that you must knock white people down, denigrate them as being oppressors, denigrate them as being systemically racist to their DNA. They can't even help help it uh and they have to be uh they have to acknowledge their own white privilege their own white supremacy their their racist history and their ancestry and they have to apologize for it on a regular basis that's what really is the co- at the core of this it's not just boosting up brown and black people it's it's you know at at the same time it's knocking down white people it is it's uh, bigoted it's bigoted towards everyone really regardless of ethnicity. And frankly, I'm a Christian, Bob. In Acts 17.26, it says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, Noah's Ark, and uh, God's Word, then you know that we're all the same race. We're just different tribes. But these Marxists that are pushing this, not just in schools, but in business and and even in the military, they are agenda-driven. They're trying to divide us by race. And uh, it, it makes skin color the most important characteristic in determining a person's character. It's sickening. Well, it's, you know, it's the inverse of the dream that you know, we had all talked about and, and tried to work towards since Martin Luther King made that speech, and certainly since he lost his life in, in defense of racial unity and, and racial equality. Um, this is the inverse of that. Instead of not looking at skin color, which is what Martin Luther King talked about in his dreams, um, it's look exactly at skin color. I don't want to hear about content of character. I don't want to hear about opportunities. I just want you to look at somebody with brown skin and say victim and look at somebody with light skin and say oppressor. And that's how we're supposed to do it now. It's amazing to me that in such a short period of time, a few decades, that uh, we would literally see the exact opposite of what uh, Dr. King's dream was. Exactly. We, we, and if, and if, I bet if you investigated the curriculum in these schools, uh, they don't even talk about most great black leaders like uh, Dr. King or Frederick Douglass or um, some of the other ones like Booker T. Washington. They don't they, they touch on them, but they don't talk about what they did to get to be what they became. So we're trying and we're focusing on getting it out totally of our schools. And, and we want strong confident, independent individuals, not self-conscious conformists. And we just want the, the school boards, the teachers, the, the teachers associations to teach the kids uh, without indoctrinating them or giving them propaganda, which is going to divide the students. Which is all critical race theory is, and the 1619 Project. It's propaganda. It is, it is you know, fiction, again, when you talk about the 1619 Project, and it's fiction to believe that crit- or systemic racism impacts all of our lives every day as either, again, a victim or an oppressor. The last thing, Michael Connaughton, before you go, you mentioned it almost in passing, the Marxist aspect of this. You know, we think of critical race theory, and we think of, obviously, racial division and civil rights or racial equality, which is 
different, by the way, than racial equity. People think that because they exactly. both start with EQU that they're the same. They're not. Um, yeah. But but we don't talk enough about the, the, the real goal here, which is the advancing of Marxist theory in the United States, the deconstruction, in my view, of this capitalist republic so that it can be replaced with a marxist society in which um in which everybody is uh is 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 knocked down and subject to the will of the uh, of the of the powerful elites well if you look at our culture if you look at our society they have infiltrated it over the last who knows how many decades uh, not just in our school systems but in our government uh, in big business, certainly in the media, Hollywood, and even in churches. So that's what we're up against, Bob. And they, they're trying, now they're going after the kids. And so it's, it's, um, it's we the people that are going to take back our nation. And I just want to plug the website that um, Dan Regenold has set up. It's mm-hmm. stopcriticalracetheory.com. If people want to learn more about the protest tomorrow uh, at 8 o'clock at the Ohio Board of Education at 25 South Front Street or anything about critical race theory, you're going to be able to find out about it at that site. StopCriticalRaceTheory.com Yeah, I'm appearing at that site right now. It's a very important site. I try to promote it as much as I possibly can. And I'm so glad as I'm also looking at the flyer for tomorrow's protest that you guys have had made up. And as I look at the faces of some of the speakers, I just love the diversity. It's so important for people of color to be on this, to be opposed to CRT, because it shows the truth that it is racial unity that will indeed crush this racial segregation that they're pushing through CRT. We need black and brown faces all together unified against this. That's right. And, um, Dave Yost, our attorney general, has recently come out against it, too, with this statement. What I can say is this. The curricular and standards will be contrary to law if they treat students differently on the basis of race. That kind of lesson plan would violate the U.S. Constitution, Ohio Constitution, and the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964. And he's talking about Resolution 20, Bob. That's right. That, that's, the, that's extraordinarily important to get the AG's statement on this. Um, thank you so very much, Michael Connaughton, and I encourage everybody to go to the website. As he just said, stopcriticalracetheory.com. Look for all of the information about how to be there and be loud and be proud of this country rather than uh, allow it to be destroyed by segregation uh, at the Ohio School Board, or excuse me, Ohio State Board of Education tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. All the information is there at stopcriticalracetheory.com. Uh, Michael Connaughton, thanks so much much for the time thank you much bob on your show thank you sir 1025 we'll be right back am 1420 the answer You know, the very last part of that conversation that I had with Michael Connaughton should probably be expanded upon just a little bit, so let me do that here before the bottom of the hour. He mentioned the opinion offered by Dave Yost. Dave Yost didn't just respond to a media question with a quick soundbite. Dave Yost, the attorney general, the top cop, if you will, in the state of Ohio, wrote a legal opinion last week. We didn't talk about it much. We should. 
wrote a legal opinion last week saying that the teaching of critical race theory in K through 12 schools in our state would be unconstitutional. Now this matters when the AG says no go. This matters, especially when the AG is responding to a request by the State Board of Education, which asked for his legal opinion on this. Because the State Board of Education is all set to pass and to uh, require, by way of Resolution 20 from last summer, the teaching of critical race theory, or at least critical race theory ideas and principles in Ohio schools, affecting your kids. So in his opinion sent to the board, Yost said, A couple of things. Number one, it would be unconstitutional to teach any kind of critical race theory, whether you use that language or not. But he also said, number two, the board exceeded its authority by requiring state education contractors to take implicit bias training. Now, he did say that it can make such training mandatory for Ohio Department of Education employees, but not the contractors. The recognition here, though, is that implicit bias training is implicitly biased in itself, because it is telling people you must take this bias training because we believe you to be biased. We believe you to be implicitly biased. Maybe you don't even know how biased you are, how prejudiced you are. But so we're going to teach you how prejudiced you are. That in and of itself, in my estimation, should be unconstitutional. He can ban it from uh, contractors. Uh, being forced to to go to to uh, attend that training, he cannot ban Ohio Department of Education employees, however, from being required to take that training. But I've got more on what Dave Yost said last week in his letter. It's very important as it pertains to keeping this trash out of our schools, and thus, at least the hope, at least the hope of from of some unity um, among the children, unity among the children and among the races in our state. And that's literally what it's all about. They want segregation. They want to uh, break people apart, to divide along racial lines, which will help them advance their Marxist agenda. Our goal should be to do the exact opposite. Unite along racial lines. Teach young black kids to like young white kids. Teach young white kids. In fact, the, the best part is you don't even have to teach them. Just let them be. Leave them alone. And young black kids, brown kids, white kids will all get along just fine. Back after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer okay 1037 now thanks for being with us on this monday i want to follow up a little bit and i will welcome your phone calls right after this we actually had guests the last uh, two big segments so i want to uh, open it up the rest of the way for you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110 but that protest tomorrow at the state board of education is an important one. It's a very important one as they try to stop critical race theory or even if they don't use the words critical race theory, which seems to be their 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 game here. They're, they're, they're basically saying if we don't put critical race theory by name into the curriculum, then we're fine if we just teach its elements by different names. And that's a problem. And that's why the State Board of Education 
the minority of the Board of Education, which opposes critical race theory, uh, but can't get through to the uh, uh, president of the board on this issue, went to the AG to say, will you give a legal opinion on this, please? And they did. He did, rather. And thank goodness Dave Yost sees things clearly, and I want to share some of this with you. Yost stated in his letter, his legal opinion and an accompanying letter to the school board, that he didn't want to use the term critical race theory either because of the disagreement over the meaning of the phrase. However, in his legal opinion, he said that education standards, quote, that differentiate on the basis of race or that promote the idea that one's race inherently affects one's abilities, one's abilities, end quote, would violate the U.S. and the Ohio constitutions, and it would violate the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964. This really couldn't be more clear-cut in the state of Ohio. Now, it would be great to get the Attorney General of the United States of America to make that statement overtly, you know, from a federal, from the federal perspective, even though the states have the rights to make up their own minds, it would go a long way, I think, toward perhaps bringing some sanity back uh, when, as it pertains to race and uh, diversity and so on and so forth and all of these issues of social justice in the classrooms. But for now, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll settle for our state and our Attorney General who said it right. I'm quoting from uh, Cleveland.com on this, which is just quoting Dave Yost, so it's okay. You can actually trust the accuracy of this. But Yost's opinion was issued at the request of the State Board of Education, which asked him to weigh in on the wide-ranging resolution last year, Resolution 20, uh, which was adopted, of course, in the middle of the George Floyd Summer of Murders. And quite frankly, that's what it was. George Floyd's um, overdose death which was aided and contributed to by a police officer, but not caused by, in my estimation, became a summer of murders, a summer of protests, a summer of burnings, attacks, police officers being killed, injured, uh, hospitalized, and so forth. They used that summer of, of violence to put forth Resolution 20, which was supposed to, quote, condemn racism and advance equity and opportunity. Some board members said the resolution opened the door to the teaching of critical race theory in the 1619 Project, which, of course, it is, though neither term is used in the resolution, which is how uh, they're, they're getting, you know, skirting around this. Critical race theory, which is based on the idea that racism is inherently part of systems in, uh, in the United States and not just being pushed by bigoted individuals, is not currently taught in K-12 through schools, but parents and others say it is seeping into classrooms via documents with wording similar to the board's resolution. And that is very true. We have seen many examples of those documents. And I've put them on the air for you so that you know and you can perhaps um, you know, take this to your school boards. And a lot of people are doing exactly that. So in his letter to the board, Dave Yost, the AG, uh, criticized what he described as a move afoot to portray even the Declaration of Independence, as well as the U.S. Constitution, as instruments designed to establish and maintain white supremacy and racial oppression forever. He's right. How can you tear down a country with the goal of rebuilding it in a Marxist, uh, with a, from a Marxist theory, a Marxist system of government, a socialist government. How can you tear it down without first tearing down um, the, the documents which allowed it to be birthed in the first place? And that's what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are. They're original founding documents. 
So in order to tear a country down, you have to tear down the the um, foundation, if you will, upon which it was built. And that's exactly what they're doing. Such a movement, Yost said, wants to teach our children that their character is determined by the color of their skin. When many of our constituents express anger about critical race theory, they mean this radical upending of American values, end quote. It's not racism that makes people who don't want CRT to be taught. It's not racism at all, because the racism is actually in critical race theory. People who oppose critical race theory, people like me, people like you perhaps, they're not suggesting that we don't teach history, that we don't teach about slavery, we don't teach about Jim Crow, we don't teach about the pre-civil rights era, we don't teach about the KKK. Nobody's saying we shouldn't teach about those terrible times and, and, and experiences in our history. Of course we teach about those things, we always have. And we teach about their negative aspects and about how terrible it was. But we also teach about how we got it right. About the sacrifices made by so many of all colors to end the evils of slavery. To end the evils of of segregation and Jim Crow laws. To bring about true equality of opportunity for everybody in America. We got it right. We, We cured our ills. We righted our wrongs. And we're essentially the only society really in history to ever do that to the level that we did. And yet we're being told now what we should teach our kids, according to CRT and 1619 Project proponents, is the U.S. never fixed anything. The U.S. is still a slave state. The U.S. is still oppressive and bigoted and prejudiced against people who are brown and black. And you know what's amazing about that to me, and I kind of said this in passing to my guest in the first hour, R.J. Hallman of the um, uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform, there are thousands of Haitians and other people from Central American countries, but they came over from the island of Haiti, or somehow 2,000 miles across the ocean, uh, part of the ocean anyway, and uh, into the Central American Triangle countries, all the way up to Mexico. And there they sit at our southern border right now, waiting to get into this country. And the question that I have for all of them, because last time I checked, Haiti, the people of Haiti, generally speaking, when looking at their skin color, are dark colored. They are brown or black. Those are the colors of their skin, brown and black. And we, were, we have been told that brown and black people are oppressed and enslaved. And discriminated against. <laughs> in the United States, it's a terrible place for brown and black people. So if you are of you know a skin color that is brown or black, why would you be at our border trying to get in? In fact, if this country is so infested with racism, systemic racism as the critical race theory proponents say that they are that we are, or that it is. Why aren't the people who are brown and black who are here right now going the other way? Why aren't they down at our southern border trying to get the hell out? Instead, a whole bunch of brown and black colored people are trying to come in. If you are brown or if you are black, why would you want to come into this cesspool of racism? It's it's an amazing thing. People with white-colored faces are oppressing you every day. So people with brown color and black-colored faces, why would you want to come here? All of those whiteies, all who dominate with their systemic racism, 
are, are just looking to oppress you. Why would you want to come here and volunteer for that oppression? Last part. Dave Yost, the Attorney General, stated it would be unfathomable for his office to tell the Board of Education in the state of Ohio, whether it's Resolution Resolution 20, which he said includes vague language, passes muster under every state or federal statute and regulation. It simply does not. He also zeroed in on three parts of the resolution that went beyond symbolic statements and language, and he made policy changes, especially, as I said before, requiring implicit bias training for ODE employees and contractors, directing the department to reexamine academic content content standards and model curricula to recommend ways to eliminate bias and ensure that racism and the struggle for equality are accurately addressed. And that's big. Like I said, it's not new. It's just important. It's big. Of course, we're going to always present and study America's history and study the the times in our history when we were not uh, pushing for equality for all peoples. But while we teach that, we teach about what we did to right those wrongs. And uh, Yost wrote, uh, wrote that nothing in Ohio law allows the State Board of Education to require contractors to take implicit bias trainings, which are designed to uncover people's unconscious biases and teach them ways of overcoming things that they didn't even know that they had. All right, uh, that's a big part of this. Uh, let me get a couple of calls in here. We're going to go to uh, Tom in Medina. Tom, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. I, wanted, Hi, I just wanted to... I, I... Can I ask you about the Haitian refugees? You mentioned it. How did they get from Haiti to Del Rio, Texas? I you tell me. That's a great that. question. I've been wondering the same thing. I Somebody put a map on Twitter. Somebody put a map reminding people of where Haiti is and looking at the route that they would have to take to get to our southern border. Um, and they didn't do it themselves. They have been flown. and I mean, they had to have been flown or put on ships or something to cross uh, the part of the Atlantic that separates them from the Central American countries and up to the to Mexico and so forth. Yeah, they, there had to be a professional organization um, of, you know, of... Of, of people movers, for lack of a better way of saying it, to get thousands of Haitians, uh, all the way over there and up to our southern border right now in such short, such a short time between the last uh, natural disaster, the last earthquake, and, uh, and now. It, it, it's, they're not doing it themselves. They're doing it, in my estimation, probably with the assistance of the federal government. Okay. Which, which to me, I just want to say one more thing, which yeah. just shows you how corrupt the total federal government is. And I want to say something about that, that, Arizona audit's supposed to come out Friday. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, well, did you know what I just heard that the that the GOP is trying to block and block what's in that report and redact certain parts of the report. The Patriot taxpayers paid for that audit. The GOP didn't pay a dime for that audit in in tech in Arizona. And now the GOP is supposedly threatening withhold money if you unless they you know censor the, the report and that, that that report will tell us everything about our, our banana republic elections in america well two things i would say in response to that my friend uh one is you shouldn't be surprised thank you for the call uh, about the gop doing that as you know some of the highest ranking leaders in the gop want to move on from donald trump all right I don't want to say that you know somebody like Mitch McConnell is a never Trumper, but he is somebody who wishes he didn't have to deal with Donald Trump ever again. Uh, we know that Donald Trump is actively encouraging a primary challenger to Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. 
So some of the GOP's most prominent leaders, including the uh, Senate Minority Leader, um, want to move on. And, you know, they, they essentially are saying, we don't want to hear about this audit because we're going to win back the House and the Senate in 2022. We're going to win back the White House with somebody else in 2024. Let's just get past this. That's how they see it. It's unfair uh, to me. It is completely um, cowardly, in my estimation, to allow an election to be stolen, no matter how much you may not want to deal with the, the victim of that theft. But that's what they're doing. It doesn't surprise me. And the second thing I would say about it, uh, is, you know, they're going to question it no matter what. What they're going to do if this audit turns up anything resembling, uh, you know, uh, the election in, in Arizona to be overturned, the, the, the outcome to be overturned, if it resembles anything like that, they're going to call for an immediate audit of the audit. And another audit of that audit, and we're going to go down this road for a very, very long time without anything actually being done. They're going to question how the new count was done, what was included in the audit, et cetera, and they're going to say this is done by Trump uh, supporters, and therefore it is not valid. It's not, uh, you know, not something that can be uh, corroborated, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to challenge it themselves, and it's going to be a very, very difficult thing for anybody to get any action on. So that's the reason I haven't spent a ton of time talking about it on the air. I have no confidence whatsoever that the outcome is going to be something that we can actually move on and say, well, let's undo the right, the wrong that was uh, done to us. But that's just how I feel about it. Jan in Brexville wants to talk about that board meeting tomorrow. Uh, hi, Jan, go right ahead. Hello, Jan, Bob. Or, yeah, Jan. Hi, two things. Uh, the Ohio Department of Education is a very left-wing group, and your your speaker your uh, uh, speaker earlier. Uh, nailed a lot of the, the very important things going on that uh, we can't, uh, the, the school boards, local and uh, superintendents and curriculum directors cannot uh, control everything going on in their schools, even though they will tell us that, no, they are not teaching CRT. Uh, I think there are teachers who are looking at websites from the Ohio Department of Education that have uh uh, social studies, uh, uh, resources, and all sorts of other resources that they can look at, and that gives them a go-ahead to go ahead and, and teach in their classrooms what they want to because of the Resolution 20 that the board put out. So uh, i I very cynical about this, and, you know, we'll, we'll have our school boards telling us, no, we're not doing it, but yes, he's right. They are insinuating it, I think, it into, into curriculum, not just masking, but I've heard students, say that they feel uh, intimidated by teachers because oh, yeah. they want to make a grade, you know, and that's part of it. And uh, the other, so ODE needs to be disbanded. I don't like the ODE. I think that's part of the problem. And another thing, Merle Johnson, who's the state board of education representative from the Cuyahoga County area, she is in fear of talking about race anymore at meetings at the state board level. And so she is part of the problem. So we're in places like Cleveland Public Schools and some of the big city schools where the issue is not, uh, I mean, they're blaming critical, or, or they're using critical race theory to blame all the issues of the public school systems in the large city schools, which is other than race going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using that to uh, co- say, this is why we're failing. You know, right. so right. she's one of them. You understand. Yeah. So those are my I two do. points. No, you're, you're, yeah. that's very well said. And thank you, Jen. I appreciate the phone call. Um, I, I share your views on all of that. Um, and of course, the end, which nobody is allowed to say, 
is that the real failure in all of these largest urban center public school districts, the largest ones in the state of Ohio, the real failure isn't within the schools at all. The real failure is in the homes. And why? Because of what's not in the homes. What? Well, in far, 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 far too many cases, the answer is fathers. 1054, we'll be right back. free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1058, last segment, obviously a short one, no time for any more phone calls, but I just want to uh, reiterate tomorrow's very important event. 8 a.m. is when it starts at the Board of Education, 25 South Front Street in Columbus. There's a protest and a picket planned. Uh, there will be inspirational speakers from around Ohio uh, on uh, the issues involving critical race theory and the Board of Education. And uh, I urge you to be there if you can. I would seriously drive down. It's only a couple hours uh, from where I live. I would seriously drive down and be a part of that in some way, shape, or form if I wasn't on the air. But what I do want is I'm going to ask you to kind of maybe be my uh, man-on-the-street reporter. If you're going down tomorrow to Columbus and you're listening to the speakers, again, this whole thing starts uh, at 8 a.m., um, please call me from the event. Call me, especially in the first hour, because we have Chris now in hour number two. But call me in that first hour and tell me what you hear, tell me what you see, tell me what the mood is, uh, and tell me whether or not you think they're going to be effective at trying to stop the Ohio State Board of Education and its leftist leadership from instituting divisive critical race theory. Uh, and its Marxist agenda. I would very much want to hear from you. That's it. That's all the time we've got. Thanks to my guest today, Michael Connaughton, and also R.J. Hallman. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to our team, including uh, Marcy and John running the show. Uh, Kirsten Al is with us tomorrow, and hopefully you will, you will be as well from Columbus on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.